Alternative Radio. This is Witness More with Matthew Jonathan and Walter the Dog. Welcome to the podcast. We'll be exploring everything from the paranormal to the strange to the overall unexplained. Sit back, relax, enjoy the journey, and get ready to witness more. Welcome to Witness More with Matthew and Jonathan. Prepare to take a journey into the unexplained. Sit back, relax, and get ready to witness more. Today, we're going to talk about an old story from the 80s about a gentleman by the name of Bob Lazar. I think it was the 70s. Oh, he came out in like 84. Oh, so he's gay too? <laughs> well, he could be, yeah. But the point the point is, is that Bob Lazar, so for those of you who don't know, the 30,000-foot level is that Bob Lazar worked at Area 51 and was a whistleblower. Hamon said this is all the stuff they're doing at Area 51. Re- uh, reverse engineering, alien technology. Uh, there's aliens there. There's spacecraft there. So... So really, when I take a step back and think, you know, is, is this is this true? Is this accurate? Is this real? You know, frankly, I don't know what your thoughts are on this whole thing. I think he's legit. I think he worked there. Um, I think what he's doing, I think he's telling the truth. I really do. You know, I mean, if you look at everything that happened to the guy after, you know, you know, the risks, right? You know, if you if you if you're if you're lying about this, you know what's going to happen. You know, the government's going to track you down. You know, you're going to get. I mean, what he went through a lot of IRS trouble as well. So the only the only hang up I have, and I'd be curious to get your thoughts on this, Jonathan, is is element one fifteen. Did you know? Have you have you heard about element one fifteen, the anti gravity element? So first of all, for clarification, the site he worked at was S four, which is about fifty miles south of Area fifty one. And that's it's that's where complex. it is. I just wanted to be clear on that in case anyone starts calling bullshit on us. Um, they can probably do that a lot, right? I think there are two very compelling things that strengthen his story. Mm-hmm. Element 115 is definitely one of them. It strengthens or weakens it? Strengthens. Because okay. that was officially discovered in 2003. This guy called it out, I think, in 1989. Mm-hmm. And defined what it is based on its properties, which were later confirmed in 2003. Okay. So unless he's also a time traveler, that demonstrates that he's legit. Okay. I thought he got the, I thought he got the description of element 115 off a little bit. That was my understanding of it. Okay. Well, let's talk about what element 115 is. Uh, the way I understand it, it's an element that at the time he was working was not discovered. It was not on the uh, periodic table mm-hmm. and it has anti-gravitational properties. Right. So what do you feel is not correct about that? So the way he described it, I got to remember what I got to remember how it went. So he, so when he first talked about element 115, if I'm not mistaken, 
he got the anti-gravitational portion of it wrong. And people are calling him out on that saying, well, if you know so much about element 115, why don't you know that it has anti-gravitational properties to it? So, well, let me interrupt you. Okay. Element 115 communicated to us through him is what made UFOs anti-gravitational, which is how they fly. So do you... Maybe you were confused on, at that time, he said there was no way for us to synthesize element 115 on Earth. Yeah, I think you're right, because Russia did it at some point, didn't they? Right. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't occur naturally because its radioactive decay is too quick. So I think when they synthesized it, it was made out of like 50 atoms or molecules or something like that. Okay. It was a big deal. Which makes sense because at the time, yes, it was not possible for us to synthesize it. Okay, so that does strengthen his claims that he was working with something from another world, or not of this earth, I should say. That I didn't think about that, but yeah, it does. Okay. All right. Yeah. So so really Yeah, so I, I think he's legit. I think he I think he worked there. I think he was a whistleblower. Um there's just so much, I don't know, there's so much to his story that just kind of, when you look back 30 years later or 40 years later, it just makes sense, right? Yeah. So the claim that I don't think it's bullshit, it just doesn't make sense to me. So he says that the way that he was recruited as an engineer to work in Area 50, uh, yeah, 51, as just or whatever. Okay. Um, it's because he was in New Mexico and he put a jet engine on his car and turned it into a daily driver. And yeah, that's kind of amazing. I wouldn't be able to do it, but at the same time, I don't think any mechanical engineer would just randomly be recruited. Do you remember reading about that? I don't remember. Okay. That doesn't make sense to me. It's like, okay, this guy's educated. He put a jet engine on a car. Let's have him reverse engineer radioactive isotopes from outer space. So that's so is that is that what you're struggling with with his story? Is I don't struggle good? with this story. I think that just sounds weird to me. Putting a jet engine in a car <laughs> and being recruited by the highest level government agencies to reverse engineer alien technology based on that. Yeah, but you don't know how long that he was on the radar for. No, that's you know? true. I mean, you you know, you look at like, um, you know, folks that they recruit for the CIA, uh, you know, they're, they're looking at these kids in, in like high school. You know what I mean? So he could have been on the radar screen for a long time. So pedophiles. They could be pedophiles. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, yeah the Catholic church recruits. So, <laughs> but I mean, Remember Bird Notice? Yes. Okay. So in Bird Notice, Michael Weston, they they recruited him. They they had their eye on him when he was like in junior high because they knew, you know, he's going to fit the mold, right? Hey, this guy, you know, lost his father early, was raised by his mom, always getting in fights. That was a TV well, show. I understand it's a TV show, but I think there was a lot of truth to There was it. a lot of truth to it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah. All so the, you think all these guys are sitting old. around a table at the CIA checking this guy out? And as soon as he puts a jet engine on a car, they're like, Fuck it, this is our guy. Probably. Yeah, that still doesn't make sense. To no, me. but you know, you're looking. I mean, I'm sure there's software that can go through and say, "All right, I want to know 
every kid that's getting an A in every science class in high school, and boom, you narrow the you know you narrow the field down, and then you find okay, so what other qualifications they're looking for? Whether what other um, uh, um, maybe not qualifications, you know, things on a list. All right, yeah, qualifications we want. Okay, we want somebody with you know, whose parents were scientists as well. I don't know. And then they say, okay, now, we, now we're looking at this kid and they're watching him throughout his career. And then, yeah, it's like, okay, hey, he put a jet engine in a car. All right. If he can, because that's almost a reverse engineering too. How are you going to, how are you going to retrofit? the same level. No, but how are you going to retrofit a jet engine onto a Pontiac Sunbird or whatever it was? You remember the type of car it was? I think it was a Honda. Honda? Okay. So, and, who, and jet engines aren't made... I mean, the Japanese will make jet engines, so you got either Rolls-Royce or GE products you're putting onto a Japanese car. Yeah, that's a reverse engineering project. It's not reverse engineering alien technology, but it's still reverse engineering. Yeah, I'm still not sold on that. Okay, well, then maybe retrofitting might be the better word for it. <clears throat> All right. This is why Exhibit never came out, because he never put a jet engine on Pimp My Ride. Exhibit never worked at Area 51. He did all that kind of crap, but he never worked at Area 51. Bob Azar, I mean, I think that they had their eye on him. You know, I think he was, I think he was watched from an early age. And yeah, when the time is right, you get the tap on the shoulder. Hey, we want you to do this. You know, why did he come out and blow the whistle on everything? I felt that the people needed to know what issues. Do you have any issues with the story? Is there no, any, that was the only thing. Is in the story that you, can, that you think you can find? No, just that he was recruited because he put an engine on a Honda that didn't originally come with it. That makes sense. Yeah. Sometimes I would put mead folders in my Trapper Keeper binder, <laughs> even though they weren't Trapper Keeper <laughs> folders. I would use a mead folder because they were cheaper. He also would turn the, the windshield wiper fluid thing to the side and squirt people who were walking oh, next to your car. You knew about that? I was in the car when you did it. Oh, You're yeah. Like, watch this. We're in New Orleans. Like, watch this. You hit the thing and it squirted the guy walking on the street. Yeah. And now, if you if it was today... You put that on YouTube and you're making a million bucks yeah, a month. That pisses me off. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of shit that I did as if it was recorded. Right. No, that guy from, uh, you know, that guy from Florida that got arrested for impersonating a cop on a YouTube prank? That happens. Well, that, I don't know which instance you're referring to. That happens a lot. Right. Well, this one, the guy, so I read about it and I saw the prank that he did. And then I saw some other stuff. There's a few funny things the guy does. He like, makes fake coupons and tries to use them at stores. It's like buy a stick of gum, get a car for free or something like that. that I wouldn't watch that. I know. But what I'm saying is, is he did the same thing. He turned, what he did is he turned the, um, he did the same thing you did, turn the thing to the side and would squirt people and like squirt people's cars and wait for people to walk by. I'm like, we were doing this as kids. Next yeah. I was going to put bicycle carts in his spokes and make another million. Probably. Okay. So, what else about Bob Lazar? So, I mean, I, I think the whole story is just fascinating from top to bottom, right? Well, can you tell me more of the story? I can't tell you more of the story. So, <clears throat> Bob Lazar, he was okay. So before, no, before I, I don't you know, before he came out, no one really knew what Area Fifty One was. Can you use a different phrase besides "come out." Okay. Before so, he blew the whistle. 
Which could also be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Just stop calling this guy gay. (laughs) Yeah, busted with prostitutes a bunch of times. You know about his legal issues? Touche. So, before... Before he ate a bag of dicks, I know what he Alright, so before he... Before he blew the whistle, I mean, no one really knew what Area 51 was. They never knew where it was. You just didn't know about it, right? I mean, I think people probably knew that there was this unmarked white plane flying out of McCarran Airport and going north someplace. But he's, without him, I mean, he put Area 51 figuratively and literally on the map, you know? So if he doesn't do what he did, I don't think you have the X-Files. Oh, I don't think you, you don't have. think anyone else would have come out. I, oh, oh, no, you're using now, it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Double standard. Right. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, because someone have. Yeah. But I think he's I think he paved that road. You know, I mean, our bell wouldn't have taken his ham radio up to the mountains outside of Prunk, Nevada to see what was going on at, at Area 51. Yeah, you know, it's it could have it could have it could have been secret for another we, we will never know 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah, I mean I think just him doing what he did, I think paved the way for well, even what we're doing now. Remember too that a lot of guys who supposedly worked at Area 51 came out on their deathbeds. Right. And and told a lot of stuff. So I wouldn't give him all of the credit. For that, and I surely wouldn't say that the X Files wouldn't exist if Bob Lazar didn't do what he did. Well, I just think so. I, I think it's. I, I think that was a huge turning point in just in in in, in Americana of itself. It's. I don't know. I just think if he never did that, would we would we have? such great things like Coast to Coast AM and the X-Files. I don't know. I kind of attribute some of that to him. I disagree, but this this is... uh, So I'm looking up Area 51 whistleblowers, and of course, Bob Lazar is the only thing that comes up. Now, there's another guy named David. David? But we're not going to talk about David today. So do you want to talk about anything else that Bob Lazar did? Because the only thing we've really talked about is that fucking car and element 115. Yeah. So what kind of things did you have in mind? What kind of things do you want to talk about with them? Uh, I've already talked. Walter, get down. I've already talked about my two. Because his story just went so deep. Right. So you, you mentioned... I mean, you mentioned earlier his legal problems. What what legal problems were you talking about? I, well, know, he, I know he had tax issues. Yeah, there's IRS issues. Well, he also currently owns his own company that does stuff with nuclear energy. Okay. And his tax issues aligned with that business. Um, I mentioned earlier he got busted he was involved in a prostitution ring in the nineties. He got busted for that. And I may be mixing this up in either that instance or his IRS issues with his uh, company. He had to pay a $7,500 fine. I think that was with his company. 
because, well, that's how I remember it. Um, he, one of the reasons UFOologists and people who you would say are credible with respect to things that we talk about, um, they discredit him because no one can provide evidence that he was ever there, nor that he has a degree from MIT. And I think it's stupid to discredit him for those reasons, because that's, of course, the easiest thing to wipe out. Do you know what I mean? Right. Well, if the CIA wants to discredit him, oh, OK, we'll contact MIT, have them delete their records yeah. and we'll deny that he ever worked for us. Done. That's true. No, that's. <clears throat> no, I forgot about the degree from MIT thing, because that's. But you would think. You would think that somebody along the way would come on and say, hey, guess what? I went to school with a guy. Yeah, he went to MIT. Or a, um, I don't know if MIT has yearbooks the way that, <laughs> the way I'm remembering them. But so I read something and they did address that. And they went on to say that since he blew the whistle, he has had a mess of issues. Uh, legal issues, all kinds of things. And he claims that other people, he doesn't want to involve them to support that he attended MIT and have them experience the same problems he's had ever since what, like 1989. Came to the forefront and said, Hey, this is what's happening. Most positive is 84 or 89 either way. Oh yeah. No, hang on. Maybe it was 89. Interview with Las Vegas reporter George Knapp. Oh, I think that was the first one. Yeah. And he didn't even know what he was going to talk about. And right. that's when it really blew up. No, and that was, yeah, because George Knapp at the time was working for, I think, just like a regular like Channel 4 or whatever, K KLAS. Yeah. And that's when he started talking. That's when he just talked about everything. About the, I mean, the whole, I think the whole, the whole crux of that interview was, um, you know, we're studying this element that just is not from here, right? That's the E-115. But yeah, if you want, yeah, if you cross the government, of course you're going to, of course you're going to wind up having, having all kinds of issues after that. Right. So. And there is no record of him going to Caltech either. Because remember Caltech, he was supposed to have a degree from Caltech and MIT, and they've wiped the records clean on both of those. So don't you feel that if you want to put a jet engine on a car, you would need a degree from at least one of those institutions? If you're going to put a jet engine on a car, you would need to have a degree. Yes. You're not going to go to. You're, yeah, that's you're not, not something to to, that you can figure out on your own. No. Like yeah. kids who take vacuum cleaners apart and put them back together. No. Yeah. Yeah, Cause they're. Yes. You can't, you can't figure that out. No, you need to have some sort of advanced training. Yeah. And he never claimed, oh, I have a degree from, you know, the Honda Certified <laughs> Mechanics Organization. UTI. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's right. And you're right. Because after, after, he, after he 
you know, after he, you know, blew the whistle, spilled the beans, whatever you want to say, you don't, um, I like spilled the beans. Yeah. You know, you don't wind up getting all kinds of trouble after that. I mean, I was never in trouble before. So if he was also young, I think he was in his early twenties when he blew the whistle, when he was doing this kind of work. I don't, oh, sure. Well, he was born in 1959. So you got to figure in 1989, he was only 30 years old. Yeah. And he worked there. Okay. Yeah. So, so he, he was working there from, say, 25 to 30. I forget when he said he, he well, I forget when he said that he, um, when he was working out at Groom Lake. So I'm trying to remember how to phrase this. Mm-hmm. He said on his first day, he did like three hours of paperwork. And he said within that paperwork, what they do is they kind of trick you. They say, okay, if you see any dead aliens, you're not allowed to talk about that. If you see any uh, UFOs, you're not allowed to talk about that. But they would add other things into right. – so he would like check off a list of 30 things, but maybe two or three he's only witnessed to. And he said that the way they do that is if people leave, they could have a whole bunch of claims from that paperwork that they think are real, but they're not. Does that make sense? Yes. I thought that was interesting because it's just another way the government, before you're even working on the stuff, is tricking you in the instance that you come out and say something. However, they would only do that if they had something to hide. Because I'm pretty sure if you get a job working for the DMV, they don't say, hey, if you see a DeLorean that travels back in time, you can't say anything about it. And oh, by the way, you can't have a license plate with a swear word on it. I do. Do you? No. Okay. So that said, when uh, so Lazara claims that he saw documents uh, disclosing that gray aliens have been visiting Earth for at least 10,000 years. Right. And that those gray aliens come from Zetaratukuli. <laughs> that's, that's an Italian dish. <laughs> or is it uh, that cartoon? Well, I used to make it growing up. Big ziti How do you say it? Zetaratukuli. That sounds way better than what I said. Well, because that's the real pronunciation. <laughs> but if you remember the Betty and Barney Hill story, they claimed that the alien that visited them came from that same oh, star yeah. system. Betty Barney Hill. Yeah, that's that's a that's a whole other topic because that is we're not going to talk about. No, that that's now. one of the best alien abduction stories. Now, him and the guy in Payson are the two most credible abductions. Are you thinking of Snowflake? Are you thinking of Travis Walton? Travis Walton. Okay, we're not yeah. going to do an episode on him because that's bullshit. And I, well, oh my god. god. Okay, yeah. hold on. So I work with a guy. For our listeners, we live in Arizona. I work with a guy who went to high school with uh, Travis Walton, and he said the whole town knows it. And he was in high school at the time that this happened. So Travis Walton, or your friend? Uh, both. Okay. Um, he says that it was essentially a three-day acid trip. Okay. And that Travis Walton, in that no one took him seriously because he was a huge druggie, uh, speed and acid is pretty much all he did. So back to my point that – say it for me. Zeta. Zeta Reticuli? Uh-huh. Zeta. Uh, Zeta. 
We're, no, this isn't a spelling lesson. Okay. That's also a grammar lesson. Grammar lesson. Okay. Uh, as of last year, no exoplanets or you know planets that NASA would say could support life have been uh, discovered in the Zeta. Zeta reticulum. Yeah, star system. So that doesn't mean I. That just means we haven't found it yet. How old's your friend? Uh, mid forties, maybe mid forties. He, well, he's very overweight. So it really throws off your age. Okay. <laughs> uh, like last year he lost 50 pounds and he still has to weigh over to 300. Okay. How you're going to try and call me out. How old's Travis Walton? Travis Walton was abducted in 1975. If he was, if he was going to high school, Travis so maybe Walton, this guy's 80. <laughs> right. I'm just saying. There'll, there'll be another episode for another time because I, I believe his story. I have so many reasons to disprove his story. Okay. One of the guys saying I went to high school. So That's Travis, one of them. Did Travis Walton maybe got held back 13 times? Do you mean in grade school? Right. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> that, considering how much drugs he did, yeah, that That's could awesome. be very cool. But, but no, I think that, no, because you're right with him. And, and I think the only issue with Bob Lazar and, and Zeta Reticuli is that Betty and Barney Hill were abducted in the 40s. Yeah. So, so that story came that out story. and say, hey, this is where they're from. But, you know, I don't like I said, I believe Bob Lazar. I think he's spot on. I, I, I think it's legit. Um, I think it's legit. Too. Yeah. So I don't think that there's, you know, if, if you're. If anyone's listening is really unfamiliar with it, take some time and, and just read about the guy. It's it's a fascinating it's a fascinating story all around. And like I said, I think he's I think that was a huge turning point in the the paranormal uh, and the creation fiber. of X Files. I think so. Well, no, I mean it's you know it would because once 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 people hear about this, um, once people hear about this, then then yeah, I mean that kind of. If, if it never happened, would people have been interested in, as interested in the X-Files as it were? Maybe, maybe not. I actually never watched it. Um, that lead character, the redhead of woman, I don't like looking at her face. Gillian Anderson? Yes, it shapes kind of like a trapezoid. Dana Scully? Yeah. Oh. Huh. Yeah. So, too bad for me. Yeah. No, it's a it's an awesome television show. Okay. Anything else on Bob? <laughs> Um, that else you wanted to bring up? No, I mean, I think that, um, like I said, it's, it's, uh, no, you, you, you know, I don't know. You pass all the polygraphs, you know? Yeah. If those were really hardcore evident, they would use them in court. Right. And they don't. Um, Yeah. If you're, if you think about, you know, the people that are trying to, you know, the skeptics out there that say, no, that it's, it's, you know, he's lying. You know, I think you just kind of point back to, it just, I mean, as you, as you, as you fast forward 30 years on the road and you kind of see what, you know, you kind of think about his claims then and now, a lot of it's been proven, especially with, with E-115. And that's what has me sold. Yeah. 115 is the reason I believe the story. Right. So that's just, yeah, that's kind of my. Um, my two cents. To sum up, Bob Lazar, true, 
Travis Walton to be determined. <laughs> Travis Walton, no. TBD. We'll, we'll no. earmark that for TBD. Okay. So, no, yeah, that's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, no, I can't wait for the next, the next roundtable discussion with, you know, Matthew and Jonathan. Walter. And Walter the dog. Where did he go? Fuck, he was right here. I shouldn't have said his name. He was uh-huh. laying down. Now he's going to. Yeah, now he's going to. Yeah, here yep. he is. Now he's going to be a little dick. Does he, does he, can you, can you speak on command? Okay. All right. Good stuff. Yeah. See you next week. Next week. All right. For another exciting episode a week from now, uh, get ready to witness more. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to this episode of Witness More. If you have anything you'd like to add to the conversation or want to reach out to us, you can tweet us at witness underscore more or email at witnessmorepodcast at gmail.com. 